Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about self-storage, uh, the industry and having a unit and whether or not it's useful or unuseful or helpful or unhelpful and uh, so that's what we're talking about today. Um, so the industry Tara, you have done some research on the self-storage unit industry for us. Yeah, I have stats. Yay, stats. I wanted to get a bit of a grasp on how massive it is. And I had an idea in my head, but it even is bigger than I thought. So these statistics I got, they're US, the first ones I'll go through are US-based ones, and then I've got some Australian ones as well. So these are from January 2021. The self-storage industry in the US this year was worth $39.5 billion per year, which is... With a B. Yeah, huge. <laughs> billion. Um, there are 49,233 self-storage facilities operating across the states today, which is massive, like 50,000 different yeah. facilities like that's you know if you worked that's out not even the number of units <laughs> yeah if you worked out how many units were in each one of those be huge mm. there's uh just shy of two billion square feet of storage space uh in the u.s currently and that's about 5.9 square feet per person of self-storage so for every human in the u.s mm. there is almost six feet of storage space available which is pretty Pretty Square intense. feet. Mm. And in terms of um, usage, at the moment it's sitting around 10.6% of households currently rent a self-storage facility. So that's about 13.5 million households across the states. And mm. the national average cost for unit sizes is about $10 per square metre per month in the US, which is really... Okay reasonably priced compared to Australia. Um, <laughs> so now that that's confused me a little bit because now I kind of want to know the how much like each person is paying, but I can't because the per person is in feet <laughs> and the per the cost is per meter. So I'll just have to go away and do those maths that maths myself later. Yeah, well I think I think it might have even been me that converted it to the per squeeter per Per square, yeah. can't even talk. Per, per square, square meter per month, because um, that's what Australia's and New Zealand stats were yeah. in. So I'll go through them, and then you can kind of compare. So, where the US industry is worth almost forty billion per year, like we said, Australia and New Zealand combined is one and a half billion per year, and we have two thousand and twenty self storage facilities operating, compared to fifty thousand. In the states, <laughs> we have currently sixty-two and a half million square feet of storage space in operation across Australia and New Zealand, and that equates to about two point zero four square feet per person of self-storage space. Okay, um, so that's like more than that's almost a third mm. of the American per person rate. So yeah, so the percentage of households isn't that different. Eight and a half percent of the population of Australia and New Zealand um, use self-storage, so just a little bit, a couple percent less than in the US. But this is the big one. The average cost for unit sizes 
in Australia and New Zealand is $25 per square metre per month, as opposed to $10 in the States. So it's a, it's a lot more expensive in Australia to mm-hmm. have storage, which is possibly why we have almost half the amount per person because it's just not as affordable. Yeah, I think also as well it might have to do with the size of our houses and our land maybe, our property sizes, whether there's um, higher density mm. housing in the, you know, in the US where people are living closer together, have less space have less storage so they rent more off-site where, yeah, um, yeah, you know. So I, we do I, have high-density living here but I think it would be more of a, like a higher percentage in America would be high-density. Mm. So it's a pretty, mm. pretty insanely huge industry. It's an expanding industry so obviously people are using them and continue to use them and looking for um, places to rent. So let's go through some reasons about why we think we need them. Okay. Well, the first one is that we need them to put stuff in. That's the most basic. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> we need them to put stuff in. That's number one. Uh, and I guess then the reason behind that would be that we don't have anywhere else to put the stuff in. So that would be the first two reasons, I guess. Yeah. And I guess it's a safe, secure location. A lot of places are monitored. You can get uh, self-storage units that aren't monitored and they're obviously cheaper, but if you want ones hmm. that have got um, security or um, camera operation or alarms or people patrolling and that kind of thing, um, it is a really safe place to keep things that, you know, where hmm. you are not um, present very often. It's a much better option than having them at, you know, in a shed or a warehouse in a location that you don't frequent very often, at least in a self-storage unit, um, they're a mm. bit more secure. Yep. And they're protected from the elements. You know, you could, even if you have enough space on your own property to stick a, a shed up or have a lean-to or something like that, there are issues then with um, weather and exposure and pests and all that kind of stuff. So that's another thing that the storage units provide is that protection from the elements and from pests and stuff like that. And for some people, I guess the fact that it is away from your house, from your existing home or your existing premises would be a bonus. If Mm. there are things that you are not allowed to store on your property or you don't have space for on your property, I guess the fact that you can keep them somewhere that has the space, has the room. Or if they're a secret, <laughs> if it's like a whole stash of stuff you haven't told your partner about, <laughs> at least you don't have to worry about them opening that, that door to that room and discovering it all. So, so let's go through some reasons about when they're actually helpful because obviously, you know, a lot of people use them and for some people they are a really, really handy option. Um, we'll get to the times when they might be not as helpful um, but when do you when do you think they would be helpful for people to use? Uh, they're definitely fantastic for providing a temporary place to put things while you're doing something. So whether you're doing a renovation of your current home and have to move out um, all of your stuff in order to repaint or refloor or rebuild, um, or if you're moving and your move dates don't quite line up, you might have somewhere that you have to stash your stuff until you can put it into the the new place. Do you have that a bit with your clients when you're, um, especially like downsizing and stuff like that? 
Occasionally, yeah. We try and line up the move dates so that they don't have to have that extra expense because it, you know, moving something to a storage facility for a week and then moving it back out again, there's that cost of the storage, but there's also the cost of the extra move, mm. you know, and at, you know, a move can cost you like 500 to to $1,000 for, you know, all of this the work and the truck and all that. So th- we try and line it up. But when there's a large gap, yeah, sometimes it's just not possible and we you do end up using that. That We also, for estates, often use them because there are quite a lot of times where we're working with clients who aren't located in the same city. Mm. And so we might need to clear out uh, their family member's home, but they're in the UK or um, in America or Singapore or somewhere like that, and they don't have, they can't either get over immediately. I mean, definitely not now because of COVID, but even normally, they can't get over immediately to go through the stuff. So moving them to a storage facility until they can can be useful as well. Yeah, and look, I think storing stuff between moves is would be a huge bulk of it as well. Or while people have got temporary living arrangements I know you know mm. probably 80% of the stuff that my husband and I and our kids own is currently in a storage facility somewhere in Australia I can't even tell you how bad is that um, <laughs> <laughs> way to have your finger on the pulse yeah, Tara the, pe- the people that took it away <laughs> uh, I'm sure they'll know where to find it when we get home yeah. but um yeah, so all of our stuff, while we, you know, have moved here to the US, it was not very cost effective to bring all our furniture and all our bits and pieces with us. So that all gets packed up and puts in a, put in a storage facility uh, for a couple of years while we're over here and then we'll get home and bring all that out. And so in that scenario, it's brilliant. You know, we know it's mm. secure. Well, at least we hope it's secure. <laughs> and <laughs> You um, trust that it is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we don't have to worry about it while we're here. So I think though that whole temporary living arrangement situation it's gold I don't know what you'd do without it yeah it's definitely definitely very helpful for that I mean I guess yeah you would have to purchase your own extra house (laughs) you'd have to leave leave it in your house and have the rental people possibly destroy it Mm. or you'd have to take it all with you yeah and then pay to have it yeah moved all the way over there yeah and at the moment postage is ridiculous can you imagine what the removal costs would be (laughs) it would be cheaper to buy another house in australia than to move our couches (laughs) probably um another reason why people might use self-storage which i think is really handy as well is to store bulky items which are quite seasonal in use um it keeps them out of the house it keeps them protected from the elements and the weather when you're not using them so it might be vehicles um, that you don't use very often, or boats. I know a lot of people in Canberra had just small storage units where they used to keep their snow and ski gear, or if they were mm. big um, beach folks, they might keep surfboards and jet skis and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, kayaks, you know, mm. things like that are really hard to to find space for in your regular home. Yep. Um, I know of someone that keeps seasonal decorations in one and I love that because you know I aspire to have that many Christmas lights on my house one day (laughs) that I need to store them off site I'm not at that point yet but um yeah because you know things like Christmas decorations and lights and you know all the pop-ups and blow-ups and stuff that you know, people put in their their yards at Christmas time they're Mm. out for a month generally beginning of December to the beginning of January 
And so rather... Two months if you're me. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so rather than keeping them all in your attic or your garage or cluttering up some of the space to pack them up and get them off site and not have to be, you know, rummaging through them or past them to get to other stuff throughout the year, I think that would be really Mm. handy too. Yep. Uh, Sometimes as well they're useful in the instance of changing living living arrangements or changes in relationship status. So when two households move into one and there's all of a sudden two lots of stuff that need to be to fit into one home, sometimes in deciding what is going to be in that home, a storage facility can be useful to, to make those decisions um, a little bit more intentionally and a bit slower. Yeah, and similarly if there are people separating or – Um, moving out and you need that temporary kind of overflow space for things to be sorted and um, decided upon. It just gives you that extra space. And I guess as well, it's in a neutral zone then. It's not, you know, Mm. you don't have everything stored at the the home of one party or the other party. You can can have some kind of common space that's neutral, which could be handy as well. One of my friends has a storage facility to store her work gear. So she's a professional organizer and a downsizer in Sydney. And she has, she lives in a small apartment, which she loves. She loves being, you know, downsized and, and living in this smaller space. But it means that, you know, boxes and sack truck and tape and wrapping paper and all those things that we use in this industry, uh, weren't going to fit in her place anymore when she moved. So she got a storage unit for that. So um, she just drops in on it on her way to a client and picks up the bits that she needs and then uh, drops it back again uh, on the way home. So that works really well for her too. Yeah, I think that whole business inventory thing is probably quite common as well for people that have mm. businesses that buy stuff in bulk or that have, you know, pop-up shops and stores and they if they can't store everything either on site where their business is or can't store it at home or don't want to store it at home, that whole Mm. overflow space for excess stock um, would be really useful. I know as well some people will use them, you know, just on a short-term basis for decluttering as well. If you don't, Mm. if you're like really cluttered, don't have the space to sort, to have somewhere external to take things to even if they're things you've decided you're keeping and you just want to get them out of the way so that you're not tripping over them and whatever while you're um, going through other stuff or if they're things you've decided to let go but you're not ready to sell yet or you know do it all um, at once sometimes it's handy to just buy yourself a bit extra space for that stuff yeah we moved somebody into a retirement apartment a couple of weeks ago And we had kind of suggested to her that she might have some trouble fitting in the number of boxes that she had into (laughs) the new spot. And she was aware and she kind of just said, oh, we'll we'll try anyway. And on the day, Mick spoke to the management of the apartments and he organised a small storage facility down in the basement for her. Um, They had one available, thankfully. And so we moved anything that wasn't urgent. And we also, we kind of preempted that this would happen. So when... I was doing some packing of the last minute things. Anything that I thought she could live without, I actually wrote on the box that it was low priority mm-hmm. because then we knew without opening the boxes that those could go down into the storage thing. So I kind of 
even though it hadn't been arranged, I sort of thought this might happen Mm -hmm. (laughs) or at least we might leave these boxes stacked up in a corner of the room anyway until, you know, some things had been reduced. So now um, I'm visiting her regularly and we're going through that storage um, unit. It's only a small one. Both of us both panicked the first time we saw it because it's got like a roller door Mm -hmm. and so – and it's got a, it's along a bank of roller doors and in front of that are just car parks. And so we're standing in front of it and you know, you, the roller door goes up and the boxes are like to the ceiling right up against the roller door. And so immediately I've, and I, I guess it's just an, a, um, an automatic assumption that when there's a roller door, there is space for a car in your head. Mm-hmm. And so I've immediately thought, oh, my God, there's so much. How are we going to, you know, do this? Like this is going to take ages. It's going to cost her a fortune. And then I saw the brick wall behind one of the boxes and I'm like, oh, good. It's, it was only like, it's only about two meters deep. And so I was like, oh, phew, thank God. And she had exactly the same reaction. She's like, oh my God, there's so many boxes. And I said, it's all right. Look, there's the brick wall at the back. Can you see how far away it is? And she said, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> she panicked. She said, I'm sure I didn't have this much stuff. And it was still, it's still a lot. Like it's still a lot of boxes, but it's not quite as bad as our first thought. So yeah, we've been just going in and, pulling out, you know, a box at a time and donating what we can't fit in the apartment. So slow and steady. Yeah, I think that's great. And then it's like you can also walk away from the decision-making too. Like if yeah, you've got fatigue and you're like, I can't, I can't do this yeah. anymore today, I can't process anything more, I'm going to walk yeah. away, lock it yeah. up, I know it's safe and, and that secure. that visible, yeah, the trigger of anxiety is, is gone as well. So, you know, when I left her on Friday, uh, she – because we'd been putting some boxes in her spare bedroom, in her second bedroom, which is part of it is visible from where she sits to like watch TV. And as I left, I made sure I moved like a couple of boxes that were left out of her line of sight. And so she even commented on that. She said, oh, she said, I can't even see the boxes in the spare room when I sit here. And she said, it feels great. (laughs) So she can actually relax because she doesn't have that visual clutter Mm -hmm. around her reminding her of everything she needs to do. It's hiding away, which is unhelpful, which we will get to in some ways. But for her, it's been quite helpful, yeah. Speaking of unhelpful, the other reason Mm – a lot, sadly, a lot of people do use storage units is because they run out of room in their current homes. And this, yeah. this reason I have a problem to, with. Yeah, they choose to rehome it instead of decluttering, basically. Yeah, but not rehome mm. in a good way. Just Oh, no, no, yeah, re-allocate, re, re, I don't know, no, restore. Not, I was going to say they're not even <laughs> distributing it. They're just moving it no. to it. They're just expanding. Yeah. And this is what yeah. this is what kind of irks me because your house you would think is a pretty clear boundary that's a pretty natural limit and when you get to the point where you go okay it doesn't fit in this space that's what I would think would be the biggest trigger to start sorting stuff out but when Mm. you know there is 50,000 facilities out there with um, storage space and you go oh I can't fit anything else in I'll just go and rent some space and we'll just keep expanding. Keep on filling up my mm. life with stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, like we've said, we've talked about all of the ways that it's helpful um, to have storage. But I think that what you're talking about is the stuff that is normally stuff that you would use mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. So clothes. You know, clothes in a storage facility don't make sense to me unless you're keeping vintage clothes and you want them, 
you know, temperature controlled and safe because you're going to one day do something with them or sell them or, you know, they're an inheritance of some kind or they're special in some way. They have some historical significance. But other than that, like things like clothes and toiletries and magazines and kitchen utensils, those kinds of things, having them in storage, it's a real waste of money, I I think. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest items, we're going to talk about this in a sec, about what is commonly stored in units, but one of the biggest items is furniture. So again, if you if it's part of a collection or if it's antique and you're, you know, storing it until you sell it or until you move into your next home. Absolutely. But if you just have three couches and only two fit in your house and you don't know what to Mm. do with the third and so you just move the problem to a different location and Mm. then don't deal with it, um, that's where I have an issue. That whole just delaying the decision of what to do with something that should be a functional, useful item Mm. Yeah, it's it's a killer. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's unhelpful. Yeah, so I think it's unhelpful too. So yeah, the stuff. So that comes to the stuff that's stored in units. So we'll just go through a couple of them. Um, but like you said, furniture, uh, seasonal items, which we've already discussed. So stuff like ski gear and Christmas decorations and that kind of stuff. Halloween. Um, outfits and things uh clothing is i can't believe that clothing is one of the most commonly stored mm. things because that one really i find that to be unhelpful but it is one of the most commonly stored things in, in units and you know people what? do love their clothes i i do i do get it if you had just expanded your footprint and you had too much stuff and you couldn't fit it all in a house or in the house you're living in and so you thought you'd get a a storage unit it would be really easy to not have to make the decisions about clothing and just mm. keep everything and mm. keep acquiring and then what you don't wear or what's in your way or what you don't fit into, just move that problem to a different location and not have to deal with it. Like mm. that's really nice for your head to not have to deal with that problem <laughs> now, but at some point down the track yeah. you will have to make a decision. Or someone will, mm. you know, and in the meantime you're paying however many hundred dollars a month Mm. to store stuff that's not actually worth that much. Yeah. Mm. And um, one that came up um, in the top things that are commonly stored in self-storage units is home appliances. And I this mm. is one of those things like couches. Wh- why? They're not <laughs> – yeah. surely I'm they're like, not uh, increasing in value unless it's some, you know, vintage uh, refrigerator, you know, <laughs> something mm. like that. Unless it's something like that, like a washing machine sitting in a storage unit, that's not doing anything. That's not doing anyone mm. any good sitting there. Mm. And I think some people might keep it as a spare, you know, in case their other one breaks down. But if you add up the cost of the storage over time, it's more than replacing your washing machine when it breaks down instead of using the spare. So it's kind of, yeah, it does seem to be a little bit counterproductive. Uh, the other things that are commonly stored include files, documents, archives, photographs, um, valuable or rare collector's items and antiques, which is fair enough as well, or like we mentioned, yeah. vehicles, boats, outdoor and recreational gear. So some of those things are not surprising yeah. at all. Um, yeah, and some are. <laughs> but one of, uh, one thing that's not listed on there, which I think is probably included in a lot of them, would be sentimental stuff. Mm. So things that have a 
an emotional that people have an emotional connection with in some way, which they may have an emotional connection with their grandma's stick blender. Mm-hmm. So that's why that appliance would be in there. Um, but the same, so that kind of goes with the the collector's items, the files, the photographs, antiques. A lot of those things are sentimental as well. So mm. I can definitely, I've definitely seen a lot of sentimental stuff stored in um, units before. So, shall we quickly discuss the restrictions for what can be stored? If you're someone that is thinking you might mm. like to have a self storage unit. There's a few things you actually can't store in there, isn't there, Beck? Yeah, so you can't store hazardous materials, so anything that could explode, which, you know, makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Flammable items, petrol, paint, chemicals, gases and all that kind of stuff. You also can't store anything that's alive. So no people, please. (laughs) Uh, No pets. Uh, Plants shouldn't be stored there either. Um, And anything that is perishable, so food that might rot or anything that might be damp because if you have something in there that's damp, it's likely to grow mould unless it's a temperature-controlled um, scenario and then it will make other items in there mouldy as well. So just watch out for mm-hmm. that. Um, and weapons, you're not allowed to store weapons in those, which probably still does happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much anything illegal as well. So we're not advocating for you storing your stolen items, drugs, bodies in the freezer, anything like that in the storage units. Um, uh, I keep thinking of whenever I think of the bodies in bodies in a storage unit, I think of the Santa Clarita diet. Have you seen that? That uh, show? No. It's a Netflix show and there's, they use a storage unit to store bodies. I was going to say. It just makes me think I of I have seen time. one as well on Netflix recently. I can't remember what it's called. Though. Oh, it's called You. And he, he keeps someone in a storage facility as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Don't do that. It's not no, allowed. Please don't. It's illegal. It's also probably not very nice. Mm. So we've talked a little bit about why storage units can be a problem. But to kind of summarise, there's a few things. It, firstly, like we said, it encourages us to acquire more than we can reasonably store in our homes. And it is is handy sometimes to alleviate feeling overwhelmed with all that stuff, but maybe it would be more helpful if we just made the decisions and move stuff on rather than just expanding. Yeah, it also creates stress, financial stress, um, and a kind of a a workload stress uh, where there's a burden on maintenance. And depending on what's in there, of course, on this whole idea that you have to deal with that stuff. And I think there are some people that for out of sight equals out of mind. But I think for a lot of people, they think that's the case, but then there's still this underlying, there's still this bill every month and there's still this probably a nagging idea that it probably could be something that they could deal with in a different way. The other thing is that, like we mentioned, there's not a lot of things that appreciate in value over time. Maybe vintage objects, maybe if it's a collection that you're adding to, But a lot of stored objects will just lose value the longer you keep them. So if it is something that you're likely to sell or likely to pass on, the sooner you do that, the better, the the more you're going to make for it or the more useful it will be to the person who is the recipient. So storing things that you just can't make a decision on is not just costing you money and paying for the storage costs, but you're probably losing money or losing value on those items as well. Yeah, and you can store them 
for a, a time that passes their useful life then things can actually be wasted by being stored in storage rather than being used. Mm. And the other point is if you've had something in storage for a year or for a couple of years, I feel like that is the ultimate proof that you can live without it. You can yeah. probably survive yeah. without it. Yeah. If, yeah. If you haven't gone looking for it, yeah. then there's definitely a good chance that, you know, you could get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. So how else can we lower our usage rates or reliance on storage? Okay, so, you know, we've talked about the helpful uses for it. So we're going to focus on unhelpful uses for it. So if you're using it as an overflow simply because you don't want to make a decluttering decision, then we'll give you some tips on, you know, how to to possibly maybe lower your dependence on it. Um, and one is trying to avoid delaying your decisions because I think that that's one of the reasons why things do end up in storage because the person decides that it's too hard to make the decision right now, so I'll just defer it until another time and maybe that I'll be ready later to make a decision on this. Um, so doing the hard work at the outset of making the decision will reduce your dependence on storage too. You also need to ask yourself how often you are using the items that you're storing and then the costs associated not only with keeping them but with paying for the storage unit. So what is it costing you to store and what would it cost you to replace it if you let it go and then decided you need it again? Um, and look at alternatives to storage as well. So if you're storing skis and snowboards and only get them out once or twice during snow season, but you're paying $350 a year to store them, have a look and see if you sold those items, would it work out cheaper to just rent your skis and snowboards every year when you went to the snow? You know, there are yeah. alternatives to keeping and owning everything. And these days, so much stuff is available for rent that it might be cheaper to hire things occasionally rather than to keep your own. Yep. Also, having a look at what you've got in your existing home and reworking the space there can be another way of reducing your storage unit use by either decluttering the stuff that you have in the house or creating storage such as using the roof space or putting more shelving into a garage or a shed or putting a mezzanine in the garage the way you can store your Christmas decorations. Those kinds of things could possibly enable you to then get rid of the, the unit too. So also consider using your home as your natural limit or your boundary. So try and stop the never-ending expansion unless it's for a temporary reason or for a reason like storing a vehicle or something large off-site. Try and let your home be the guide as to the limit of the amount of stuff you own. Yeah, it's that old boundaries method that we bang on about all the time. <laughs> um, also, one of the things that I always focus on, and some people are less motivated by this than others, but work out how much money you could save by not using the storage unit and then think about what you what you could use that money for uh, in other ways. So you could either save it and then, um, you know, have all of the interest earnings from that over time. You could pay it off the mortgage. Uh, paying even small extra amounts off your mortgage has a massive compounding effect over time uh, or you could just use it as you could still spend it um, but spend it on something that you know is that enriches your life um, like a, a holiday or um, something like that yeah definitely and 
if you do choose to rent a unit for a specific purpose, so maybe it's to give you some extra space while you're decluttering, maybe it's in between moving houses, or maybe it's, you know, a parent's estate that you need time to work through the stuff. Um, that's fine, but try and set yourself a limit for how long you are prepared to pay for it and then work towards that date and try and get it emptied by then. I feel like if you set yourself a goal and an end point, you are more likely to focus on it and get rid of it rather than it being a permanent solution. Yeah, I think a deadline's a really good idea. A lot of people do fall into the trap and a lot of people who have storage units, it started off temporary. Mm. Like a, a majority of them would have started off with this idea that it was going to be temporary and then it just sticks around. Um, so yeah, I think having deadlines and focusing on them and not allowing yourself to go over those is, is really helpful. And I, I've kind of touched on this a little bit in the discussion earlier, but if you think about the cost of your unit compared to the value of the stuff you're keeping. And for things that are other than sentimental, often you'll get to a point, and you can do the math and work this out yourself, but you'll get to a point where you actually end up spending more storing the stuff than the stuff could be value, could be worth if you were to sell it, for example. And so if you keep a storage unit you know, worth of stuff, if you're paying you know, say $300 a month for storage, you've got $3,000 worth of stuff there. That's only 10 months before you've already paid more. Did I get the math right, Tara? Yeah. Before you've already paid more. I don't do math in my head very well at all. I can do math very well, but not in my head. Um. So yeah, it's only 10 months before you've actually spent more than what you what the stuff is worth. And then after that, you're actually spending, you know, again, it's just accumulating. And so you would have been better off getting rid of the stuff in the first place if you're going to st- store it more than th- more than 10 months. So, yeah, you end up having a net negative value on your belongings once you store them past a certain point. So I think we've covered a lot. We've, we've talked about all those stats, why it might be helpful why it is sometimes quite unhelpful to have a storage unit and a few reasons or or methods that you could use to try and reduce your dependence on it. But I am sure there is more to this and I'm sure that someone will post in our Facebook community group about self-storage unit they've had or any tips and tricks that they have for getting through and making decisions about stuff in their storage unit. So please come and join us there for that conversation and we will be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com. <laughs>